Welcome to Tales of Marketing Transformation, laying firm foundations for your marketing journey. Tune out all the black magic and imagine a time where marketing has transformed into something human. Where marketing is about building relationships with people you serve. Where marketing is about helping people. That time is now. This is Tales of Marketing Transformation. And here's your host, internationally recognized marketer, speaker, and podcaster, Dr. Jürgen Strauss. Hi, it's Jürgen, and it's time to continue our quest to make marketing human again. Thanks for spending your time and attention with me right now. In our last episode, I shared with you the parable of Aniko and her adventure crossing the mountains, saving her village and her growth as a budding opera singer. For me, this is a metaphor about the whole marketing journey and a way of painting a picture of a marketing funnel based on the three steps of know, like and trust. As I said in that last episode, there are people in the world right now who are in need of the gifts that only you can provide them. There are people whose lives will be transformed if they have the opportunity to work with you. Therefore, you do have the responsibility to both grow your business in an authentic, human and sustainable way so that those people don't miss that opportunity. Most importantly, you have the responsibility to do good marketing. What is it that makes up good marketing? And how do you get started? Today's episode is brought to you by the Transformational Marketing Hub, where you'll find a host of free and exceptionally useful information to help you transform your marketing. You can access the Transformational Marketing Hub through the link at talesofmarketingtransformation.com. If you don't yet have an account for the Hub, don't worry. Just click on the blue Take a Peek Inside button. Go check it out. What are the components of a successful marketing program, a framework or a campaign of human marketing? No doubt, You've seen and read about a lot of different tactics that people have recommended to use in marketing, from Google Ads to social media campaigns to content creation to email marketing and bots and various other marketing automation tactics. Tactics are fine and there's a lot of great ones around when applied in the right situation. Since we're about making marketing more human on this podcast, you're probably wondering what are the principles, though, that make up human marketing? On today's episode, I'm going to talk about the five success principles of human marketing. Of course, it wouldn't be tales of if there was not a story involved. So here is today's story. This is Tales of Marketing Transformation. The finish line was in sight, just across the lake. 
Of course, I would need to cycle the three kilometres around the road on its bank to reach that finish banner. I was well inside my target completion time for the hilly course of four hours and would probably have a few minutes to spare. Every February for the past 10 years, I've been riding the Ballarat Cycle Classic bike ride in support of the Fiona Elsie Cancer Research Institute. This is one of my favourite rides for a number of reasons. The entire entry fee is donated to the charity and the ride is run entirely by volunteers and sponsorships. This is unlike a lot of the professionally run events where they charge an exorbitant fee and then rely on individuals to run their own sponsorship campaigns to support the charity that they've chosen. Even though the Ballarat Cycle Classic is not organised by a professional event organiser, it's a wonderfully run event. It just goes off like clockwork every year and is a fantastic experience for the participants. The 100km course passes through some magnificent country, including the King of the Mountains climb from the Australian National Road Bike Championships. So it's quite challenging in places and it has a couple of other challenging climbs in it. It is the sort of bike ride that, whilst it's challenging, it's at the same time still enjoyable. Leading up to the event, I'd been very focused on my training program riding some 260 to 360 kilometres every week with some short, sharp early morning rides combined with longer rides on weekends and including some climbing work on those longer rides. In summer, when the daylight was around before 6am, a group of us would also do circuits of the climb of Flinders Peak near our home, a ride that takes us into the forest where kangaroos abound and jump around all the time. Now that's a ride I don't like to do in the dark when the animals are most active. However, in daylight it's quite safe, it's quite okay. And so being able to do it early in the morning in daylight was a good training for hill climbing. As I ramped up my training program, I did find times where I'd wake up quite tired and then decided to have a day's rest off the bike. Rest is just as important a part of training as riding and whenever I felt the need for a rest I did take a day off. Sometimes I could ride every day for four or five weeks at a time and other times I found that I did need to take a day off once a week, sometimes even twice a week. During all that of course I had to decide When I got out of bed early in the morning and was tempted just to roll over and go back to sleep, was I just being lazy or did I really need a rest? Now often I'd decide that I was just being lazy so I'd struggle out of bed, get myself ready and usually by the time I was outside on the bike I felt fine, I felt much better and of course I always feel good for the rest of the day having completed my morning ride. When I haven't ridden, there just seems to be something missing for the rest of the entire day. 
The Ballarat Cycle Classic started early in the morning. The weather was just perfect this year. Spectacular sunshine, comfortable temperatures and virtually wind still at the start. I was able to get a good start near the front of the large field of riders and managed to join a fast group of riders. Now us cyclists, we call that a peloton. Riding in a peloton like that can save you up to 20% in energy because you're actually drafting other people for a lot of the time. So in that peloton, I reached the first climb, the King of the Mountains climb from the National Road Championships, still with the group. However, of course, on the climb, everyone rides at a different pace and the group split up. And as a result, I was on my own. I didn't want to keep riding at the fast pace of the peloton since I thought that's going to take too much energy out of my body and I would then struggle later in the ride. So I rode at my own pace up the first climb and reached the top where the first rest stop was in fine shape, having actually set my fastest time relative to the previous times I'd ridden that climb. So I was really chuffed, obviously. I had a short stop, had a snack to eat, refilled my water bottles and then headed on to the next section and the second major climb of the day. By this stage, although there were many riders on the road both ahead and behind me, I was no longer riding in groups. There really wasn't one that suited the pace I wanted to ride in. So I rode on my own, which of course meant that I didn't enjoy that 20% energy saving. I successfully negotiated the second climb and stopped briefly there at the top at the rest stop. I didn't really need it for um, recovery, but I'd forgotten to apply my sunscreen at the beginning of the ride. Now, anyone living in southern Australia knows how important it is to apply sunscreen when outdoors, even on days when it's not hot. So I fixed up my omission there. I put sunscreen on at the rest stop. It was supplied by the volunteers, which is a fabulous little additional service, and thus prevented a sunburn memento of my ride. On the next section of the ride, there were rolling hills. No real climbs anymore. Unfortunately, a headwind had sprung up, and in addition, I started to feel a cramp developing in my quads. So I slowed down a little, and at the next rest stop, I took some time to do extensive stretching exercises, as well as drinking lots of water and eating a banana before heading off again. Now, the banana has a lot of potassium in it, and that's always good for minimizing any cramps. The stretching helped a lot. Now, from here, the ride crossed some open countryside with a lot of farmland all around. It gets a little boring there, and the worst thing is the wind had sprung up a lot more, and there's very little shelter here from the wind. I found those open sections really hard at times, and I'd slowed down to a speed that was well below the average that I was going to need to maintain to achieve my total ride time. So things were not looking real good at this point. Luckily, a short time later, a group of riders that I recognised as my daughter's regular ride group, what a coincidence, they passed me, so people I knew, 
and they passed me at a speed that I was able to jump on the back of the group and then ride together with them. Immediately, my average speed increased quite dramatically as it turned out, as I again enjoyed the benefit of the 20% energy saving from riding in that group. I was even able to join the rolling turns as the group shared the workload at the front of the peloton. So that next section became very enjoyable and quite quick in speed as it turned out. My cramps had also gone because I was able to have those rest periods when I wasn't at the front of that group. And of course that was a great bonus. Sadly though, I needed a toilet stop at the last rest stop whereas that peloton kept riding. So again, I was on my own. Now, only for the last 18 kilometres, because the last rest stop was that close to the finish. And I actually felt quite strong again now, and confident I could finish strongly and well within my target time. So having arrived at that last rest stop and checked my time, I was really going quite well, despite that little section where I'd struggled. As I circled around the lake towards the finish line, my legs were sore. I was feeling tired, but the adrenaline kept me going and I accelerated towards that finishing banner. When I crossed under the banner, the ride clock was showing 3 hours and 49 minutes. So I was 11 minutes inside my target time. I was really pleased. I heard the people who were waiting there for their relatives riding. I heard them cheering and calling well done as I crossed the line. I saw them waving flags, clapping and waving their arms. And I felt the breeze ease up as I slowed down and felt a deep sense of satisfaction warm me up from the inside. I'd really enjoyed this ride today even though there were some ups and downs, both literally with the rolling hills and with my own state of mind. And of course, I know that I'd contributed to the wonderful work of the Fiona Elsie Cancer Research Institute. I'm really looking forward to the ride next year. Incorporated into my little story today were five fundamental success principles and they are first know your outcome begin with the end in mind so in my case that was to complete the Ballarat cycle classic ride inside of four hours and also enjoy myself second principle take massive action so that was my training program leading up to the event and of course the assumption that I entered the event in the first place and then actually riding on the day Third principle, have sensory acuity or notice what's working and what's not working. So I was aware of my pace when I was pushing too hard or going too fast. I was aware when I was starting to cramp. I was aware of external factors like the wind on the ride and also my physical state in training when I was tired when I needed a rest day. Fourth principle, have behavioral flexibility and make changes as required so for me on the ride that was slowing down that was taking rests that was drinking and eating that was joining ride groups to benefit from their assistance and during my training program it was rest days in training it was varying the training rides 
doing flat rides, doing hill rides, doing longer rides when I could. Fifth principle is operate from a physiology and psychology of excellence. That's all about in the writing story, the discipline to train, the state of mind and the determination to complete the ride and also the mindset of really wanting to enjoy it at the same time, even though it was a physical challenge. So let's consider these five principles in the context of human marketing. Principle number one, know your outcome and be really clear about your goals. So first of all, this is about setting the SMART goals, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-based. And then imagine that you're already there. See what you see, hear what you hear, and feel what you'll feel, and also what you might be telling yourself. And most importantly, in terms of human marketing, who is it that you will help And what change are you seeking to help those clients make? And is it going to improve their lives? What will they see? What will they hear? What will they feel and tell themselves? A few other points to consider here in this first principle of knowing your outcome is the context. So where, when, with whom do you want this outcome? And also, do you have the resources or can you access the resources to achieve that outcome? And finally, the ecology. Is it good for me? Is it good for others? Is it good for the greater good? So part of the human marketing is not just trying to sell something to somebody for the sake of a sale for you if it's not good for other people and good for the greater good. Principle number two, taking massive action. Now, this might seem obvious, but all of us, including me, of course, from time to time procrastinate or wait for something before getting started. How often have you heard, I just want to get this right before I publish, for example? Now, the problem is it's never going to be right. So take action to get started and then adjust along the way, which is where the next principles apply. So notice what's working and what's not working is the third principle or have sensory acuity. In a marketing sense, this is testing how your message is being received, testing the response that you're getting. This part of marketing also includes measuring and data analysis. For example, how many people watch my video or listen to my podcast? What action did they take as a result? What is working? What is not working with my marketing? Principle number four follows on directly from that. So having the behavioral flexibility, not flexibility, but flexibility to make the changes as required. Quickly adjust and make changes as we learn from what we observe. If what you're doing isn't working, then anything else is likely to have a better chance of working. So change what you're doing and try something else. Many times and I've done this too, we stubbornly repeat the same thing. Yet, that's already proven not to work. I'm not sure who said this, but if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always gotten. I'm sure that was somebody famous, but it is 
really a summary of why you need to have the behavioural flexibility to achieve success. And the fifth principle is operate from a physiology and psychology of excellence. Now, this involves having the discipline to follow your marketing process that you have, having the discipline at a high level to follow a process, to show up every day, do what's needed to move towards the outcome. It's not about being rigid in the process because we do have to have that behavioral flexibility, but it's about the discipline to keep showing up, keep doing what's needed, always acting in a resourceful way. And by doing that, you empower yourself and also your clients. Another key to operating from a physiology and psychology of excellence is to look after yourself so that you're able to be the best version of you. Now, looking after yourself is really taking care of your physical well-being, your health, your mindset, mental well-being, so that you're in a really good state of mind to be able to be successful in the area of human marketing. So that's the five success principles applied to human marketing. If you head on over to the show notes for today's episode at www.talesofmarketingtransformation.com, you can get access to today's resource, which is some additional information on the five success principles applied to human marketing. So go to the episode show notes now and get your copy. This is Tales of Marketing Transformation. Help share Tales of Marketing Transformation with others by reviewing the podcast at www.talesofmarketingtransformation.com and join the conversation in our Facebook group. If you'd like to chat with me directly, to give me feedback on the podcast, ask questions about marketing, or anything else really, happy to chat, click the calendar link in the episode show notes to schedule a short call. I look forward to chatting with you. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Tune in again next week when I'll talk about identifying your client's biggest headache and share another story with you. Stay awesome and let's make marketing human again. Thanks for coming on this journey with Tales of Marketing Transformation. Join us next week for another fabulous episode. For episode resources, visit www.talesofmarketingtransformation.com. Stay connected by subscribing at talesofmarketingtransformation.com forward slash subscribe.